Welcome to Girls' Night, the go-to podcast for women in their everything era. That wildly confusing decade-ish where we have to make many of the most significant decisions of our lives all at the same time. Career, marriage, motherhood, and more. Thankfully, we don't have to do it alone. I'm your host, Stephanie Mae Wilson, and each week on the show, I interview some of the world's wisest women on the topics that keep us up at night. You'll walk away from each episode with both clarity and confidence, knowing what your next step is and also how to take it. After all, the best girls' nights aren't just about eating pizza and sweatpants with your friends. They're about problem solving and leaning into the collective wisdom of women, and that's what the show is about. I'm so looking forward to today's episode because this is a topic I think all of us need right now. Today, we're talking about how to stay hopeful when there's so much bad news in the world, how we can stay informed without being totally crushed by the bad news in the process. We're also talking about how we can help make positive change in our world and in our communities. To help us with this, I've invited my dear friend, Danielle Koch Balfour back on the show. Danny is a graphic designer turned artist, advocate, speaker, and entrepreneur. She's the founder of Oh Happy Danny, an illustration-based educational platform that uses artwork and resources to make complex ideas more accessible and help others seek justice while staying hopeful. She recently wrote an incredible book called A Heart on Fire, 100 Meditations on Loving Your Neighbors Well. This is something we all need, especially with everything that's happening in our world right now. Here are just a few of the things she's going to teach us in this episode. She'll teach us how to process all the bad news when it feels like the world around us is falling apart. We'll talk about how to figure out what we actually can and should do, like what's within our sphere of influence. We'll talk about practical things we can do with our influence, our time, and our money. We'll talk about how to stay informed without damaging our mental and emotional health and more. Friends, if you are feeling discouraged by all the bad news and tragic events happening in our world, you are so not alone. But amazing women like Danny are teaching us how we can stay hopeful and take action. And that's why I'm so excited for you to hear this episode. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. 
Clariton, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there, and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing, that is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done, and that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash friendship. All right, friends, I am like, to say I'm excited is just an understatement because I love our guest so much. Um, I'm sitting here with my friend, Danielle Koch-Balfour, and I am just so honored that you'd come back on Girls' Night. Hey, Danny. Hey, I'm so glad to be back on Girls' Night. Thank you for having me. You are one of my favorite voices. I just have learned so much from you over the years. Um, you've been on the show before, and I have reshared that episode like a thousand times, <laughs> which is why I was like, we need to have her back. We just we need to have you back and like come on as often. We're just gonna we're just gonna keep bringing you back as often as you'll come on the show. <laughs> um, so for women who haven't gotten to meet you yet, you guys, you're welcome. You're gonna love her. Um, can you tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about yourself? Yes. So my name's Danny, Danielle Coke Balfour, whichever one you want to call me. And I am an illustrator and an advocate. And I like to say that I use art to help people seek justice and stay hopeful. So that has looked like a lot of different things. That has looked like art on Instagram. It also looks like art in my online shop. 
And then I speak and I write and I have a new book out. (laughs) It's called A Heart on Fire, 100 Meditations on Loving Your Neighbors Well, which I'm super excited about. And it's just filled with hope and encouragement for difficult seasons related to justice and how easy it can be to lose hope and encouraging you to not do that. So that's kind of what that book is about. And my fun fact, right? Yes. Fun fun fact. Fact. Okay. So I don't know if I've used this one already. So if I did, you can just be like, eh, like on Family Feud. Like, <laughs> okay. Wrong answer. <laughs> okay. But um, I really like Giant inanimate objects. Have I used this one before? No. And I have a lot of questions. What does that mean? (laughs) So like, so I really like when art imitates life naturally. So I, at Disney World, I'm just, I just feel so at home. Like there's the giant Pixar ball and then there's the Slinky ride that looks like Slinky from Toy Story. You know, like that's my thing. But then also it doesn't have to be giant. It can be small. Like we have the little Aladdin lamp and it's an actual like lamp. We have it here. Uh, I just love, okay, so do you remember, did you ever see Ant-Man? Are you a Marvel girly? Uh-huh, yeah. Okay, so my husband is a Marvel guy. Okay. And so in that movie, I think, I hope I got the character right, but he has this book and it's like called Look Out for the Little Guy. And he like wrote a book and at the end of the movie, he's signing copies of this book. Anyway, I saw that book in Barnes & Noble Yesterday, like they literally created that book that from the book. movie, Look Out for a Little Guy. And I opened it and it's a full book. Like they wrote a book. <laughs> and I was like, yes. Art imitates life, imitates art. So life imitates art actually in this in this instance. But those are the, my favorite types of things. It's very niche specific. That is so <laughs> like, does it, does it include... So my my uh, in-laws live in Indianapolis usually. And so we spend a lot of time on the road between Nashville and Indianapolis. And there's all kinds of things on the side of the road where it's like largest. Like I'm pretty sure we drove past a sign that said lar- um, like world's largest Swiss army knife. Wow. And we had a lot of questions about that. Like, is it, <laughs> does it have to still fit in your pocket? Like right. what, what constitutes a Swiss army knife and right. how big can we go? Is it like, you need a really big pocket? Where's the limit? Anyway. So are you like the kind of person who would stop for things like that? It would have to be really cool to get me to like actually stop. Okay. But I may, I, I may mean, stop. That is, I love the fun fact, fun fact question. Cause I'm like, you would never you find out things about people you would never know. And I love How it so much. Know? Yeah. How yep. would you ever know that about me? You wouldn't. I love it so much. You wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't. I love it so much. Um, okay. Danny, can you tell us more about, I, I want to go back. We we did this in the last episode, but I want to hear it again. And I want to hear just kind of how the book has fit into this. Tell us how you became an artist slash activist. Like how yes. did, how did this thing come about? And then like, where did the book fit into it? Yes, that's a great question. So for those who may not know, I have not, I've always been pretty artistic, but art has not always been my career. This is actually pretty new. I started doing this full-time in 2019. And a little bit before that, I had graduated from college in 2017 and I was going to be an event planner. So I studied hospitality and got my business degree. And I was like, yes, I'm going to get into event planning and I'm going to look for jobs that were marketing or graphic design related because I'm self-taught marketing and graphic design. 
more so the graphic design part. And so I wanted a job that incorporated both. And so I found a job through a marketing position at an event planning company. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Stars are aligning. And so I got that job and I was the only Black woman working there. It was a small business. And that's not the only occasion where I've been the only in the room. There's been several occasions of that. But it was pretty felt at this job because there were things going on. There were, you know, insensitive remarks, flat out racist interactions with people that I felt were a bit too common. And so I I talked to my boss and I basically said, hey, I would love maybe if we could bring in a speaker, maybe somebody like Latasha Morrison who works with Be The Bridge Mm or some kind of programming, DEI programming, diversity, equity, inclusion for those who don't know. And maybe we could get a little bit more sensitive (laughs) about this topic. And I'll never forget, he told me, you know, that's just not, I'm not interested in that. You know, why would I spend company money or time doing something I'm not passionate about. It's just not something I want to do. And so I was like, wow, that's a wild thing to tell somebody. And I decided that this was no longer a place that was going to see me in my fullness. And so I couldn't necessarily feel super safe there. And so I decided to save up a few paychecks and get some graphic design clients on the side and quit. And so... I quit that job and I started doing design and marketing for like nonprofits and mission-based organizations. And I said that I wanted to help those folks who were so busy doing the work on the ground that they weren't super focused on like their Instagram feeds. And I was like, this will be the way I give back because I'm super passionate about things like justice. And so 2019 is when I quit my job and I started my small business called So Happy Social. And it was a really good time. I got to work with dream organizations. Like I got to work with Be The Bridge several times, which is so funny because I had just mentioned them earlier. Mm-hmm. But yes, fast forwarding to early 2020, I had gotten an iPad Christmas of 2019. And so I started learning how to draw digitally, but I had always been a creative artistic type of person. And I decided, hey, what if I, for Martin Luther King Jr. Day coming up, what if I create a piece of art that kind of speaks to his legacy and I posted it and maybe it'd be cool. So I did that. I posted this quote that talked about how he was a radical disruptor, not just a passive peacekeeper. He was a peacemaker basically. And so I, I, I did an art piece related to that and I posted it and people were sharing it, people that I didn't know. And I had like 700 followers at the time. I was like, this is okay. You guys like my art? <laughs> it was very basic. So I was a little surprised. Anyway, then... Black History Month happened and I was like, well, I'm going to keep making more art. And more people started to find my page. And then summer of 2020 happened, which we will never forget. And then it was George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, center stage in our conversations. And I kept making art about that. And then, yeah, my platform grew to 300,000 plus followers that summer, which was wild. It happened in the span of one week. I think I remember telling you that before. I don't know. Maybe I didn't. You might have, but that is shocking still. <laughs> like, what even? Yeah. I feel like you're like you'd post with like some freedom when you're like 700. Like, I mean, still, oh, yeah. we, we're all really careful about what we post, but then you're like, oh, what am I supposed to post? I'm careful. Yeah, what do I say next? Yikes. Yeah, exactly. So that's definitely, that was a lot of that going on. But yes, so I think the book and the idea of the book came along when I started noticing this pattern, at least that I was feeling within myself, of 
huge issues happening locally, globally, whether it's injustice or tragedy or hate crimes or war. There was just always huge, huge things going on that I found to be so overwhelming. And it was very easy to choose to look away, to choose to distract myself or focus on other things and just say, maybe I don't have to pay such close attention. And I realized that in doing that, people were finding themselves to become cold in a way to the world and its troubles. And as a form of, you know, protecting our, mm-hmm. the heart. We thought we were protecting ourselves, but we were actually becoming numb and cold, which led to apathy in some ways. And so I wrote this poem for myself and really to encourage other people, but it was basically saying, you know, don't let your heart grow cold. The world needs its warmth. With every beat, life flows out. All that you do will erupt from that deep well. And then I said, when tragedy seeks to pierce your heart like ice, let it be met by the warmth of compassion, the heat of love in motion. And then I said, you know, let your heart swell with a desire to do all that is right and just and let your days be the evidence of a heart on fire. And so I wrote that poem to kind of encourage myself and others to say, you know, what if instead of letting this make us numb, what if we instead filled our minds and our hearts with all that is good and right and just and pure and then live a life that exemplifies our values in such a way that those who are witnessing the way we live can't deny the power of it. Mm. And so letting our days become the evidence of that is basically to say, what if our lives were justice in motion, love in motion, empathy in motion? And I came up with 10 different ways categories, like I said, love, justice, but there's also creativity and then there's hope and then there's redemption. And I took all those 10 categories and I made the book out of them. And I made 10 pieces of art and 10 meditations per category of just ways to spark people's hearts and minds to love in ways that they may not have considered, but in ways that will help us also to stay consistent And not withdraw when things get hard, but find a way to go deep, go deep within ourselves and in our own communities. So yeah, that's kind of how I got there. We were just talking about book marketing and how it's hard and how it's weird and how putting a book out into the world is a really like hard, crazy thing to do. And um, it's because of that, it's so fresh on my mind how important it is that we support people who are putting their hearts and their words out into the world by buying the book Mm -hmm. and how easy it is to hear a podcast or something like this where you're sitting there going, I desperately, like if anyone else is feeling what I'm feeling, they're like, I desperately need this book in my life yesterday slash a million (laughs) years ago, but then we're going to, you know, someone's going to call and we're going to move on and something's going to happen or whatever. So we'll just get distracted. So that's why we need to pause and just add to cart and buy it so that we can support our friend Danny and so that we can have this book we desperately need. So anyway, mine will be here December 4th. (laughs) Oh, that was so (laughs) sweet. Thank you for doing that. Real-time support, folks. Real-time support. (laughs) Um, If you guys guys just paused and and bought a book, like maybe screenshot it and send it to us. I can't screenshot (laughs) because I'm recording on my phone. But Right, yes. um, uh, okay, so back, I, Danny. I love this. I love this because this is something that tension between, like, so I, I don't know if are, are you an Enneagram person by chance? Yes, I do. I 
I don't get super, super deep into it, but I love it. And I'm okay. aware, yeah. What are, do you know what you are? I'm a seven. Okay. Wing eight. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, well, okay. We'll need to link to, we have a great Enneagram episode, um, a couple, I think. We'll link to them in case people are like, what are you talking about? Um, it's a basically, to sum it up in a very simple way, it's a personality test, but it's just a way to kind of put some language around like why you react to some things the way that you do or things you struggle with or things you're good at. I'm a two, a two and three. And I think part of my just deep wiring is that I feel really deeply and I'm overwhelmed by my feelings like in the same breath. And and I'm super relational. And so when someone around me is hurting, I, I know it. I know it mm-hmm. so deeply and like I'm feeling it with them. And... um this makes life in our world really hard. <laughs> like, and, and I know it's hard for everybody. It's, but it just feels like this is something that I think about and struggle with every single day is how do I, how do I live in a world that's so brutal? Um, brutal. And how can I help without being crushed by it? And it's, yeah. it's just this thing I feel constantly. And so the fact that you talk about this and talk about it so beautifully is it's like, this feels like therapy for me. And really it's oh, something good. that I talk about in therapy because it's such a such a hard thing for me. So I want to, how do we do this, Danny? How do we, yeah. the world is so hard. There are, I mean, at least two major wars going on in the world that, yep. we, that we hear about, like that are really, really happening in real time. And also a bazillion other things happening. But like just off the top of all of our heads, there are two like major wars happening right now. And we know that people are being killed and separated from their families and treated terribly. And I mean, people in our own backyard are hurting. How do we... Yeah. I guess, how do we ingest what's happening? How do we not look away without being crushed by what's happening? Yes. <sighs> so my answer, what I may have told you last time still stands, but there's a whole other side to it that I've had to add because of the immense amount of suffering that we're collectively experiencing this year. It feels unlike anything. So can I get a little spiritual as well? Is that of okay? Course. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, girl. Okay. So first things first, I have had to really get grounded. And this is something that I've been thinking of as recently as this past month is my foundation has to be sure. It has to be solid. It has to be firm. And for me, so I started out the book with this message uh, that says, a life well-lived requires a firm foundation. So before any of the meditations begin, before any of the chapters open, I have this mini intro. It's like three paragraphs. And it's like... You can read it if you want to. Do you want to read it? I mean, is, oh, it I easier to talk, is it easier to talk about it or is it easier to read it? I could read part of it and then sum, summarize the rest. Okay. But um, so the beginning, it basically says, the sturdiest and most long-lasting buildings were not created by accident. They are often the result of months and years of meticulous planning, preparation, and construction. When considering how a building will stand the test of time, we look to its base. What keeps it standing tall? How is it fortified? The journey of good work is undertaken by individuals who know what they stand for. Their values and beliefs are laid brick by brick, cemented together by an unwavering dedication to living these values out loud. And then I go on to describe why I chose the 10 values that I chose for the book and then expand upon it. 
But then I end with, solid groundwork helps us weather storms, survive attacks, and stand strong in the face of adversity. As you seek to live with a heart on fire, let these meditations help you fortify what you stand for. Hmm. So that's kind of the goal of the book from, from my angle. And I thought that that was so important and I'm living it out even more so recently because when you aren't sure, you will sway. You will sway, you will sway. And it's not just being, um, not just being swayed by the difficulty of life, but being swayed from having opinions and beliefs that are rooted in what you stand for, you'll be swayed from even having those because you're like, oh, well, the world is telling me that certain people deserve to die. But I know in my heart, and I know that the Bible teaches me that nobody deserves to die. And so there's there's moments like that where the foundation of what you believe in has to be solid and has to be sure. You have to know, okay, my value is human dignity. Human dignity for me is meaning that every single person is created in the image of God. If anything is coming against that and causing me to forfeit that belief in any sense, I will not align with that. And I will be sure and strong in that belief because that is my value and that's what I stand for. And when we don't have those, we'll hear this opinion and be like, oh, well, they sound really passionate about that. And that must be right. And I must be wrong. And we're just swayed and we're swayed. And so for me, I'm like, whoo, Danny, it's time to enter into a season of intense fortification at the base, (laughs) the base level and reminding myself of the basics. Um, And so that's one thing that I want to lead with because I think this is more important now than ever. And so that's one thing that I would say. But how do um, you I, figure that out though? Like, I mean, it, because because you're so right in the fact that whoever you talk to, no matter who you talk to, yeah, everyone has like different thoughts or like angles, or even if people agree with each other, there's like a slightly different take on it about what the most important thing is. And I think that I get so overwhelmed by that is like, it's like, well, we should be fighting for this. Well, but yep. but you forgot about this. Or like, mm-hmm. like I remember I posted, uh, like I I rarely post things that are, I don't know, that anyone could see to be controversial because it's not my, it's not my thing. You don't like um, to fight on the internet. I don't day. like fighting on the internet. It's not like, <laughs> I don't see the purpose in it. It's not, yeah. that's not my, whatever. Don't feel it's not good. my thing. Um, but I posted something and it was like, hey, I really care about this cause. And, you know, I'm, I'm, standing up to fight for the this specific group of people and someone posted in the comments well what about this other group of people and mm-hmm. it was like a totally disconnected like topic so anyway all that to say mm-hmm. i feel like everyone has different angles opinions whatever and then also things that are like their thing that they want to fight for and so how do we figure that out in ourselves yeah what our core base is yeah what's our thing And I love that you asked that because I talk about that so much in this book, but I have a a specific meditation um, and it's, so there's a couple, but one that comes to mind immediately is the one that's called um, Carry What You Can. And it basically talks about how I compared the injustices that we face. They're just so numerous and they, there's so many, (laughs) right? So I, I talked, I compared them to leaves falling from trees. And I'm like, if you put your hands out and the leaves are falling into your hands, th- these represent all the issues, all the injustices, all the causes that are important, that matter, that somebody should care about. You put your hands out, you can only catch so many, right? 
there will be some that will inevitably slip right through your fingers. And that's not to say that the ones that slip out are not important, but it is to say that you can only carry so much. And so in deciding what yours is, I like to think of it as thinking through a couple different things. So there are things that you have proximity to, so causes that you naturally care about because of how it's affected your personal life. It's okay to start here. There's nothing wrong with that. So for example, if you have a parent who is struggling with dementia, you may be really passionate about causes that speak to that and want to solve that. And super cool. Those will be a cause that you carry. And then on top of that, there's personal struggles in your life. And then there's a global issue that caught your attention and really like pierced your heart in a very particular way to where you feel called, right? And so these are all very important and these all matter. And, and there's only so much you can do. So as you hold those, I, I think about the person that responded to you and what you posted about, you know, I don't remember what your post was. I don't even, I don't know if I saw it, but I do know that you had you gone to that person who posted about something that they cared about, you could have easily commented, well, what about this? Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's another thing that matters. I will say that that's a, a strategy that some people use in bad faith called whataboutism, where you're raising up something that's important and somebody in bad faith to distract from the topic at hand will come into your comment section and quite literally be like, well, what about that? Or in a conversation, be like, well, what about that? And so that is extremely ineffective. I would throw that right in the bucket with devil's advocacy, like just things that are not helpful in the moment when someone's bringing something to light. And so unfortunately, it's one of those things where it's guaranteed to happen and you just have to be strong and unwavering in the fact that you care about what you care about. And it does not mean that you don't care about everything else. It just means that right now, what's pulling on your heartstrings for you personally is what's pulling on your heartstrings. <laughs> and I even have this illustration that I posted the other day uh, that, that was talking about, it had different hands and strings that were tying the hands together. And I said, you know, with what we're witnessing now in the world around us, specifically with you know, I think of, I wrote this in reference to, you know, Israel and Palestine. We, we are seeing now that we are all being affected by the strings that tie us together. None of us are looking at what's happening overseas and saying, well, it ain't got nothing to do with me. Not mm-hmm. anybody with empathy, at least, right? We're all like, wow, this is really, really difficult. This is really hard. Injustice is at play. Oppression is at work. But I also think that one one thing that I mentioned that's super important was, you know, the, the thing about the strings is we're all tied together, but we're tied together differently. So when you feel a tug, you might be pulled in this direction towards, oh, I'm going to give to Doctors Without Borders. Somebody might be pulled over here and saying, well, I'm going to give to World Central Kitchen, or I'm going to order this book and learn more about this. Or actually, there's a, another war happening at the same time over here that's really pulling my heartstrings. Mm -hmm. And this is important because this is how humanity works. It's how we cover ground. All of us, So I I saw someone post today and they were like, I really wish I just knew what the plan was. And I think it was Sharon McMahon. She had said, "You, you are the plan. We are the plan. And so when you think of it that way, that there's no magic 
potion. <laughs> There's no script. There's no blueprint. It's just you feel the tug that you yourself are pulled to and you go there. You don't worry about where other people are going. If they like where you're going, it's how we cover ground. If we were all dead locked, dead set, dead focused on one single issue over another, then there would be so many issues across the world that would never, ever get attention. And so go where you are called to. And that does not take away from the importance of any other cause or any other issue. You just have to remind yourself, hey, this issue matters too. Not only, it matters too. And so that's something that I like to think of. It's the strings. I'm feeling the tug on the strings that tie us together and I'm being tugged in this direction. And so that's where I'm going to go. And finding some peace in the fact that someone else is tugged in a different direction. Like yes. this is this is my thing. Someone this other thing will be someone else's thing. Yes. Did I tell you? Um, I'm sure I told you about this in last time we talked, but I'm gonna share it again because I think about it so much. During the pandemic, I was pregnant and that was wild. Um, but also <laughs> yeah. so period. Um, and so I spent a lot of time watching Animal Planet. I think I could have stopped it. I was pregnant or it was during the pandemic. But anyway, I spent lots, lots of time watching Animal Planet. And I watched all those shows that are like the zoo, like Tampa Zoo, like Zoo Down Under, Zoo, whatever. <laughs> and the thing that I found so much peace about in this season of life where everything felt out of control was the fact, was was watching people in these different zoos care immensely about like this one specific kind of tree frog that like only exists in the jungle of... Cambodia or something like that. And they knew that this tree frog was going extinct and they're working on like, you know, repopulating this tree frog and they're bringing it back out into Cambodia and like letting it go and whatever. They're concerned about the tree frog population and they know that it connects with everything else, but this is the one thing that they can work on. And I just felt so much like when I thought that there is someone who cares more about tree frogs and is equipped to do something about it that isn't me. I felt like I could sleep better at night. And it was like, mm -hmm. okay, that's also true about like people who know about how diseases spread and, you know, like vaccine developers and doctors mm -hmm. and, you know, people who take care of babies. And like, I mean, just all the different things that felt so out of control. It just was so nice to think about the fact that there are other people who are better at this than me and who are paying attention. Um, and I forget about that sometimes, but always like, it, and it always just looks like tree frog in my head. It's like, if you say tree frog, I kind of take a deep, take a deep breath. But I love that. That's exactly what you're saying is that everyone has, has something different that pulls at them. And if we all walk in the direction of the thing that pulls at us, yeah, most things are going to get covered. Yes. Yes. And that's the best part about it. I think a lot of us the heaviness that we feel is in fact, you know, tied to the struggles of, of what we're witnessing on a global scale and also connected to the guilt we feel for not being able to hold everything. The fear we feel of not wanting to say the wrong thing and then have our character maligned and just be attacked. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it all is, it feels like it's all this coming together to form its own big heavy weight. And for me, I just had to be like, okay, let me sit down and be like, okay, for real, what is mine to carry? Because aside from these, all these issues that matter so much, I also have to show up every day and do my job, like my actual job, like what gives me money. So there's that, you know, there's people who are fighting things like poverty and are waking up every day wondering how am I going to make ends meet? And is that person 
heartless in comparison to the other person who has the capacity to be on Instagram all day, every day, advocating for their specific cause that they care about. That person's cause, the person who's trying to make their ends meet, that person's cause right now is their family <laughs> and the food that they're trying to get on their table. And yeah. that's okay too. That's not the end all be all of their contribution to the world, but that may be their focus and that's okay. Yeah. Because our life is full of ups and downs and strings. <laughs> There's so many. And so I just wanted to find a way to encourage people of that because jumping online, it can just seem as if that's not the case. And uh, yeah, we can't, we can't live that way. We can't live that way. 